Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I think we're conditioned to believe that everything else matters and then worry about the sexuality part. But I think it's a connection to your creativity. It's a connection to your pleasure, to yourself, to the permission to be good to yourself if you're in a good sexual relationship. I'm your host, Stacey Ike, and today's special guest is certified sexologist, author, and educator, Shannon Boudrum, better known as Shan Booty. Shannon and I openly talk about accepting the nuances of life's highs and lows, her personal story of growing up Catholic to becoming a sexologist, dealing with feeling alone while surrounded by people, and learning whose knows matter. This is actually one of my most vulnerable episodes as well because I reveal a part of my story, something that I've always wanted to be in conversation with Shannon about, so I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Before each episode, I like to share a song to add to your playlist, a book to check out, and a reflection question inspired by the episode. So let's get into it. This week's song is Naked by Ella May. For this week's book recommendations, I actually have two reads. One will be The Laws of Human Nature by Robert Greene, and the second will be The Game of Desire by today's guest herself. And don't forget that if you want to purchase any of these books, you can check out my storefront at bookshop.com shop slash Ike. Now, while you listen to this episode, reflect on this question. Is there something you can acknowledge that has you stuck in the compare or despair mentality? And how can you change the perspective on that to see the situation as happening for you instead of to you? Now, turn up the volume and let's get human to human with Shannon Boudrum. I don't think I've seen you since 2018. Your wonderful party. Yeah, your wonderful. Yes. You had that event. Yes. That's last time I saw you. God, that At was Bola. the last time. We, that was that was a long time ago. So much has changed for you. So much has changed for you. I know. Isn't it so crazy? Like, I was actually just saying that, that um, to somebody who was talking about being your 20s to your 30s. And I'm like, man, the biggest mistake you can make is thinking that your 30s are going to be so different. Because you can look up and be like, wow, like nothing has changed. I had all these visions of yeah. what 30 would look like. But then in some cases, it could be really, really different. Like two years can make a huge difference in your life. So it just depends. Wow. Yeah. I'm just, I'm so, I'm so happy for your constant evolving, um, not only out loud, but I know you went through such a crazy transition with coming to America. Like, I don't know if people really know what it takes to move to this country <laughs> and it's it's overwhelmingly annoying as a Nigerian American yeah. who is has Nigerian cousins who are like there are things I could do and blah blah and I'm like I don't know I'm not even going to act like I know because I know I'm born here already and like I'm learning but what was that yeah, like awful expensive so much work it was a yeah but it was like a beautiful process at that I always go back to this that when I had to apply for my green card it already lived in America and I had to invest $10,000 in myself. And this is $10,000 that could just be flushed down the drain because if you get rejected, Seriously. you don't get a refund. It's not like you can't stay in America, but here's your money back. It's like, thank you for your money and go home. And you're like, but I don't have money for a plane ticket. They're like get the fuck out of here now. So it was definitely like that, but it was a moment for me because in our careers in this line of work of entertainment, you're constantly asking people to invest in you. Like Choose yeah. me for your project. Like Revolt is choosing you and they're putting resources and people who have a lot of stake in the game, like they're banking on you and mm -hmm. your success and your greatness. And you're like, no, I'm worth it. 
But then when you have to invest in yourself, that's when you really truly find out if you actually think you're good. <laughs> that's so good. Because I'm like, oh, my money. I got I have to bet on my oh money, my myself God, with so my good. money. No, I want to exactly. bet on me with your money. Um, so that was the first time I really feel like I really did that in a way where it was all or nothing. Where if I got, I would have, I would, I don't even know what I would have done if I would have gotten yeah, rejected yeah. by immigration. So it was a beautiful experience at that because it was like, like let's see what this like self belief yeah. is really made of in dollars and cents that you 100% technically don't have. Understand that, love that. Yeah, that was. Um, I'm just, I'm so happy for you as well because I. And as I'm learning more about that process and recognizing like, hey guys, this is not something we need to just like tweet about. We need to really figure out how to make this easier for people or better or more feasible. For me, I have wanted to have you on the show for actually a year. I purposely did not have you on the show last season because I was in a space in my like life where I was like, I don't think I can talk to Shannon unless I'm a hundred percent an open person when it comes like anything, right? Just based on how you and I, we both have this um, through line. We have some demographic like similarities that I adore. I love that you come from immigrant parents as well. And I was always wondering like, how does that lend to her life? Like, how does it lend to her lens of what she does and how she sees the world? And then at the same time, I was like, she's always, she's somebody I so respect, but I couldn't understand in terms of just like how you talked about communication, because I was in such a different place when it comes to intimacy. And so I'm so excited to like, I remember um, a producer at the time was like, oh my God, you and Shannon be great. I'm like, oh no, I love Shannon. We can't talk to her yet though, because I cannot show up any less than honest with her. I just, I, I just can't do it. And so I'm oh, wow. really grateful to just be in a space where I'm more open and free and excited about my discovery when it comes to being a woman, being a sexual being, being a spiritual being, all those things. And I think that's why I was like, this feels like more of a meeting of the minds to me. So I'm loving where you are in your world and how you are sharing your world. And I'm first wanted to know what is surprising you about where you are in your life right now? Oh, what a wonderful question to start things off with, Stacey. Showing <laughs> off why you, who you are, like, this is how I got where I'm at today. <laughs> I'm going to ask, how are you in the most eloquent and surprising and stumping way possible? Um, what is surprising in my life today? I think like my aha of late is such extreme things can be true at the same time. There's that movie that came out, everything, yes. everywhere, all at once. And that's where I feel like if you ask me, how are you? I could answer that two, one of two ways. I could say, I'm sick. I'm deprived of sleep. My one kid has a severe eye infection. The other has a bladder infection. My husband is sick. I'm supposed to be going away to see my family in Canada for the first time since 2019 this weekend. Can't do it anymore. A little heartbroken about that because some mm. work commitment came up. Or I can be like, this morning I got to interview Becky G on my podcast. And it was a beautiful moment of because myself and my husband have a production company together. And we have a, a small team of people who work with us, but like all of us who kind of just were in this home, which this job that I hire people for sometimes includes changing my kids' diapers or like picking them up from daycare. And sometimes it's like doing things like that. It's just so everything and everywhere. And like, I know this is crazy guys, but like we're, we have a vision for the kinds of stories we want to tell and the kind of people we want to touch, which is obviously more possible when you have mm -hmm. high profile people, the more eyeballs that get, you know, drawn to the work that you do. And like, that was such a beautiful moment. And I remember being like, I don't want a selfie with Becky. I want it with her and my entire team. Like we all did this and we've been bothering her to, you know, for an interview for like two years straight, I think. 
Um, so those things, again, I'm so great. And I had, a gr- I had great sex yes. a couple nights ago. It was like, I next day was like, hey, last <laughs> night was great to my husband. You know, like, uh, so yeah, I'm really good. And also really no. not good. And um, that's what's surprising that both those things can be true. And like, it's not like one mm-hmm. taints the other at all. Like what's really good is so good by itself, even though some things are really bad and the really bad things are not being changed by the really good. They're just existing simultaneously mm. at the same time. Were you always comfortable with two truths existing at the same time? No, no. I think that we often kind of feel like we have to pick. I think I was, I was actually just having this conversation about my first sexual experience, how for a very long time, I viewed it through the lens of a bad mm. experience and there were really bad parts to it. But as I've gotten older, I was like, that shit mm. was kind of cool. But yeah, I think like, for example, like, how do you feel about yeah, that? Yeah, I know, like sometimes you feel like, oh, I, I reframed it. And now what was yeah. bad is now good. Or yeah, I, that, I thought that was good, but now I actually think it's bad. And then you're like, well, why can't it just be really good and yes. really bad? I think a lot of things about it. Um, and I, this kind of turns me into or like, just makes me think about how you wanted to talk about God on your podcast, but I've seen you been a bit, bit hesitant and I really look forward to diving in together if you would like, because I've had so many breakings when it comes to my relationship with God, like deep breakings. And without those, I wouldn't have even understand how delicious nuance really is and how amazing it is to exist in a place where actually to, to believe the whole we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Like I didn't really, you say it, but you don't really know what that means until you start seeing experiences as experiences and not without judgments of good and bad, ugly, this and that. And that took, that, that has been my like saving grace, but that took for, for me, that change was based on my relationship with God. So I don't know where your relationship was God with God wow. was, um, you know, before then or before you kind of took and. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. To, oh, wow, two truths can exist at the same time. Or was that about other things? No, I mean, I think I still have a, I don't have, I don't have a way to answer the question around God. But I do know for me that it became more possible to reinvite the concept of mm. God into my life. When I stopped looking at God as synonymous with good, those two things, like if it's not good, it's not God. And if I'm not good, I'm not worthy of God. Um, And I'm more like, oh, God is all things at all times, everything, everywhere Mm. all at once. So I think that when I kind of got around to that, where I'm like, oh, like even the bad parts of me, God made and that there's a purpose for that. And if there is a God that's, I kind of struggle with the idea of like, is God intelligent or, or humorous? just existing? Like I <laughs> yeah. use this analogy, like, cause you know, like we're in essence gods, but we're creators. We're life forces to like billions mm. of microbiome and bugs and bacteria that like live in our skin surface. And mm-hmm. like, they need me and they eat and they were not created without me. Life is impossible without me. And I'm an entire universe. My body is right. And if I like met one of these bugs one day and they're like, Shan, I have not had sex and here's my altar for you. And like, I killed a goat yesterday in honor of you. I'd be like, cool story, bro. Um, like, I don't, like, I'm not paying attention to you. You're not like, I'm ex- you're existing because of me, but I'm existing regardless of your right. existence or your choices. So I'm not really quite sure if God is like looking or just 
doing and I'm just like a bacteria mm. on God's back. So um, funny. <laughs> like that. this is why I don't talk no, about this. I, I get it. I, it's not and clean. I hope you will like feel that we, cause I've just been looking for partly the reason I was looking for us to talk about this is because I think God, I mean, he's, he, she, it, stardust, whatever, even being able to express myself in that way is so different than how I express myself. I come from a Christian background. You come from Catholicism. I've always been curious about how Catholicism, yes. I know you understand the effects, but I'm like, how long did it affect her? Did, you know? This kind of a catch me too, because my dad is an mm. atheist and always has been. And my mom believes in God the way that a 10-year-old believes in Santa Claus. Where you're like, I still want the presence, but I kind of think this is bullshit. Oh. But I'm going to say I still believe because I still want the presence. So my mom like believed in God, but like it just wasn't really walking the walk. And the truth is I went to a Catholic school because of proximity. It was across oh. the street from my house. So um, it wasn't like enforced in the home. It was like heavily enforced there. And the Catholic school that I went to was the only school in my town that had the church too. So we were like the church school. So the priests were really heavily into our school life too, because they like lived. That's when, you know, in Catholicism, you live in mm -hmm. the church if you're a priest. So there was like heavy influence at school, but then like none at home. So then it was kind of a mix of both. And I only reflect on this topic really when it comes to sex, by virtue of what I do for a living. So I th think about when, uh, in terms of sex, it was really clear what mm -hmm. was good and what was bad, like from the school, the church perspective, like that's the thing. Like we're talking about good and not good and mm -hmm. okay and not okay. Like there can only be one. That's Catholicism. Like there's only one opinion. Like it's shit or it's holy. That's it. Um, yeah. So yeah. I no nuance exists. Exactly. Right. None at all. And if you have nuance or you have questions or you have doubt, like you're doing it wrong. But at home. It was ambivalence, kind of. Like, even when it came to sex, um, my mom was like, if I don't bring it up, it doesn't exist. <laughs> and my dad was very cool about it, was like, whenever you want to talk about it, however you want to talk about it, you know I'm here, come to me. Which was, it's a, that's what I always say to people, like, when parents have that ask me anything policy, open door policy, you think that you're doing the right thing, but you're really putting the burden of responsibility on the young person to start these hard conversations when clearly you don't know how to start them or else yeah. you start them. Um, so it was like, yeah, these two kind of opposing forces of really, really like strong opinions and then like kind of silence on the other side at home. So I kind of met yeah. out somewhere in the middle. I come from a very different background of that. Um, sex was so, I mean, I come from a Christian background. I'm also the oldest daughter in, and first child in a Nigerian home with two immigrant parents who came here. And I'm, so there's a lot of grace for how they did things, but it doesn't mean the residue didn't affect me very deeply. Um, and I, yeah, I just, how I experienced sexuality and sex, especially in my twenties was so full of shame. And most, most people don't know this, but I'm a virgin and experience. <laughs> I did not. No, you didn't because I've never, I've never said that out loud. Like not oh to gosh, people that are not. Podcast and talk about this. Huh? You have to. Huh? I've got a book you on my podcast. So we can talk about this. Okay, we will. Let's do it. But that is okay, also good. why I personally could not have you on when I was in the middle. Like because I started the podcast three years ago and I was making a list and you were on it. Like I've always truly, as a host in this space, respected what the fuck you. I mean, girl, it's so much hard work to put yourself out there as a real job. Thank you. 
And I know what that is. And I'm like, yo, it don't matter that I don't understand the message deeply. I see what the, the messenger is messaging. And that has always been. So, you know, I talk about who I want in the in my producer sessions. And my producers, they're taking notes. So they're like, well, you said all this stuff, Bashan. And I'm like, but we can't have her on. And so that funny. was that was why for a long time, because I was still trying to figure out my understanding of sex, my understanding of sexuality, my understanding of what my boundaries were, what they were chained to, were they chained to justice Christianity? Were they really what I wanted? Like it was a whole three year turmoil. So that was um, that time. But as I've been so much more free in my truth and power, it's been more exciting to express and especially saying like, hey, it's not about marriage anymore. For a long time it was, it was about Christianity and marriage and all this stuff. And late twenties when I started breaking out of that and removing myself from religion and finding spirituality, I was like, what is any of it about? <laughs> like that was the time. So, you know, that was just a time. And anyway, so I've always been so for me who went like, let's say if we're pairing you and I together an extreme route, the other extreme, and you went the totally other extreme of like, no, I'm about to like teach women about orgasms and about vulvas and about all these just delicious ways of loving yourself on a sexual and sexual being manner. I was so like, what was her background like? Like, cause I felt, <laughs> I was just like, but, but, but what, you know, for, for a while and, and not even an, just other, anything other than how I was experiencing those same things. Yeah. I think, I mean, go back to my, um, bacteria living on my back analogy, <laughs> get there again. But if I was to meet, you know, and have a conversation with a bug that lived on me and they were like, I haven't had sex. And, uh, I'd be like, Oh, why? They'd be like for you, like to please you, to honor you. I'd be like, Oh, that's weird. I don't give a fuck what you do. But if I asked that bacteria, like, why don't you have sex? And they're like, it's my way of honoring myself and my body. And I'm waiting for the right person. I'd be like, I'm so happy for you. So I hope that I don't know what the answer is in that whole relationship sure. between God's opinion on sex or whatever, sure. but I hope that, um, I hope that that's the truth at the end of it, that God just actually ultimately wants you to make decisions that like bring you closer to the best version of yourself and your potential. Um, so if it's something that like honors you, and I love that you've redefined that obviously over the years for yourself and been like, what does it actually mean? And what's the value in abstaining and what's on the other side of that? Mm. And what's my truth for me? Like what environment's going to actually allow this to be positive and additive in my life? And maybe it doesn't have to be the end goal of marriage, but instead there's a certain set of circumstances that I am definitely waiting for. So yeah, all that to be said, I think it's really cool that you're you're going through this process of redefining things on your terms because again i would hope that that's what god actually meant and intended yeah rather than like this is right and this is wrong yes 100 percent agree 100 percent agree and I, I love what you just said about being able to redefine that for ourselves to ourselves by ourselves <laughs> like that's kind of how i interpret that um what was the last thing you forgave yourself for for the first time oh probably like all of last year. <laughs> Forgive's not the right word, but like um, I was uh, pregnant last year, uh, unexpected, unplanned pregnancy, mm -hmm. very sick, sick both ways, sick with the pregnancy. And also my uh, first child went to daycare for the first time. And anybody who's a parent right now, you know what the hell that means. It is insane. The volume of illnesses that they bring back into your home. Wow. And you never get to come up for air ever. You go from norovirus to COVID to flu to hand, foot, and mouth disease 
to cold, to cold, to why am I shitting my brains out? Like nonstop sicknesses while I'm carrying a child, when my body's already strained, while I have it in my mind, I didn't even ask for any of this. And I got so angry last year. I got mad at mm. myself because I was so unproductive, so unmotivated. I was, in my opinion, not a very present mom, not a very good mom, mm. um, not a very good partner. And I was just so tired and depleted and I took it out on everybody. Um, and there was like this kind of thing. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. That I, I had at the end of the year where I think what I used to do in the past is I would get better or evolve or move past something. Let's just say that. I'd move past a problem and then I would like look down on the version of me who dealt with that problem in like an imperfect way and then separate myself from them. Like, oh, I wouldn't do it that way today. Rather than siding with myself, like, you know, when you do something kind of crazy and you call your friend, you're like, look, I just chewed out my boss at work today. And your friend is like, they deserved it. Like, yes, like you should have done that. Yeah. Advocate for your needs. Yeah. Your friend isn't like, and maybe your friend is, but they're not like, was that responsible? Like, did you really outline your boundaries clearly beforehand? Like, could you have done that a better way? Could you have written a letter? Like, did you really need to blow up in that way? Like, no, like your friend is standing by you and being right. like, look, I get there would probably be a more perfect way to deal with it, but for better or for worse, like at the time, that was what you had to offer. That mm -hmm. was what you had access to. Mm -hmm. Anger was what you had access to. And you didn't want to be alone in that because that person was angering you. So you wanted to let them know. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I was tempted the end of last year to be like, man, like, cause I got into fight girl with everybody last year. Like I, my, dad, oh, my mom, you. my sister, my husband, my husband's parents, like anybody, like fired employees, anybody who I could just because I was so raw. Right. Um, and so I wanted to like double back and be like, so about what I did last night, but everything that I kind of said, in those moments were my truth. I didn't say them or connect in the most perfect way, but I do still stand by myself. So forgive isn't really the right term I want to use because it's not like, ah, oh, you meant well. Yeah. It's like, no, I get it. I get why you did that. I get why. And I'm grateful that you have access to something different today. I'm really grateful that you have, because I was at Christmas actually. And I, at Christmas, I'm looking around at all these people who this time last year in the same holiday season, I would have been like seething at the sight of them. Like just because I was so mad at how alone I felt hmm. and I didn't feel any anger at all. I felt like complete openness and joy towards everybody. I didn't have any like residual negative feelings. And I was tempted to be like, oh, how I've grown. But instead I'm like, wow, my circumstances have changed so much where I have access to feel good and I'm happy about that. That's so good. And I think going through versions of ourselves that we're not as excited about while we're going through them, I don't actually, it's, it's so funny because that's a part of what I even asking you, like what fascinates you so much about the human experience. And to me, it's the fact that you're constantly like being human and, and expressing that in its fullness. It sucks. It's not always amazing, y'all. <laughs> like it's not. And then sharing that and having relationships while you're not the version of yourself you're the most proud of. It's really fascinating because I've I saw like 
the, of, I think everybody's 2020 version was whatever it was, but I, I, that was my most pick fights with people, um, for different reasons. But I, I, at this point in my life, I can't imagine what you were going through in terms of like, I'm pregnant and I'm also currently a mom with this kid who's this age. And then I have all these responsibilities. And, and so I'm sure a lot of people look at you and they're like, how does Shannon do it? And then you're expressing like, I, I, every, things get dropped <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. The answer would have been not very well. <laughs> like that's it. That was my answer last year. Like, how are you doing everything? Oh, cause I'm doing everything not very well. And I like, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. So this version of yourself or who you are today, you're never going to be her again. Tomorrow's going to be a different day. What is something you're proud of? Oh, I'm, my IUD and my husband's vasectomy because I'm definitely never going to be her again. Never going to be pregnant ever again. Not put myself back through that. And there's such a peace with that girl. Like, I don't want to be one of those fucking weird kid preacher people. Of sure. Like, when are you going to? How? Are you? It's none of that. But I can just say, like, I'll always say this. Like, I so champion because I didn't want kids for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I champion that side of myself. And I'm like, you were on to something. <laughs> I know that I could never be happy not having kids because Mm. my mind changed and there's no version of me that wouldn't have always longed for this experience. Even though now that I'm in it, I can look back and say, I get why everybody should avoid this at all costs, but there's no, those two truths can't exist. Right. So I was always going to be the person who wanted kids. And when that happened for me, when that switch happened, I couldn't turn that off. But, um, this very rarely happens, but I have no idea what we're talking about now. <laughs> oh, no. I was just saying, what version of you are you proud of today? Thank and, you. But you said it. You said it. Uh, yeah. You're I'm it. proud of the version yeah. of me who, this is what I wanted to say. Yeah. Our entire life, we uh, as women have this question mark. We have all these like questions that need to be answered. Like, you know, that game when your kids that like this game? Yes. Yes. The paper. Who are you going to marry? How many kids? Where are you going to live? Y'all know like, the game, the four paper game. <laughs> yeah, four side and you're game. always yeah. like, it's open all the time. Yes. Like, I still haven't, like, where am I living? Like, who am I getting married to? What kind of car am I driving? How many kids am I having? So I like, I'm finished that game. Mm. And the piece that there's a period at the end of the sentence where there's always this like looming curiosity is so amazing. I like, no, I'm not having any more children. <laughs> that... I know that. And quote me, bring this, pull this up in five years when I have five more kids. I don't care. In this moment, right now, I have no question marks about who I'm going to spend my life with and how many children we're going to raise. And that feels phenomenal. Yes. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you you in that certainty because as a woman, you're correct. We are always doing the four paper game. There's always a question to be answered. And that is just 100% real. And being in the media as people who, you know, we influence, but we are also influenced. Is there a part of what media has shown you that has affected your perception of yourself, whether it's in the past, currently, time you can relate to that says like, yeah, the media showed me this part of myself and I had to either, I thought it was, you know, we're, we're taking away good or bad, but I thought it was left or right. Let's say that. Yeah. I think, let me ask you this question. Do sure. you care what people think about you? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I love that you answered that way. I deeply care. I I eat off of it. I live off of it. Mm. We, even if I stripped away the fact that I do, we do this for a living, you know, like I am a public educator. I'm a public informer. If there's no public there, there's no role for me. There's no purpose for me. So Mm. my boss 
is every single person who says yes to me any day, every day, in any possible way. Like mm. if you have said yes to me, whether like if you'd like to picture, you, you're listening right now, like you are my boss. So I care about what you think about me. So in that fashion, like, yeah, I, the media informs everything about my life, right? Like not everything. I mean, there's obviously parts of me that I get to just share with one other person and just care about three other people's opinions. And even then I care about somebody's opinion. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that I'm definitely in constant communication with what's expected of me, what's desired of me, what's, and what I'm capable of in return or what I actually would find joy in pursuing. So, mm. and that's a place that I go for inspiration. Yeah, I find the media very inspiring. I find all of it pretty inspiring. I like asked my sister this question. I was like, who on Instagram, like, do you want their life? She was like, what an unhealthy question. <laughs> and I could like give you a list of 60,000 people, like everybody who I follow and I hope I follow you. Everybody I follow some capacity, I follow you because there's something about you that yeah. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. And I love looking at it to be like, wow, that's really cool. Like there's so many people. I'm like, that's really cool. Mm. But it's not compare and despair for me. Like it is really like inspiring. Sure, sure, um, sure, sure. Yeah. So I hope that answers your question. No, yeah. What is the biggest no you've ever received? Ever. Oh. Oh, I've never asked that question. I, You know what? I was like um, – saying this to Jesse Ray as I had her on my podcast. And I realized in hindsight, it was kind of a dick thing to say. I didn't mean it the way at the time, but I was basically like, I don't like um, R&B by women a lot right now mm. because I find that it's like second place music. Like you're always longing for what didn't choose you. And you're mm. um, trying to get the attention of, of people who are just not giving it up to you willingly. And I'm like, I just don't identify with that because I'm not in that place in my life anymore. I'm the Beyonce album. And these motherfuckers ain't stopping me. Like that's where I'm at. So it's like everything about that, like unique, like that. That is my energy. That is the the energy. That's where I'm at. I love Glorilla. Yeah. Like that's where I want to be. I want first place music only. And so that to be said, like there hasn't been a no in a long time that I actually felt. It's usually like if I get rejected these days because of where I, I'm at and like the, I have live in abundance. If it's no, it's like, oh, not for me. Not like, no, not you. Yeah. And so if I reflect on the biggest no that I've had, I'm going back to times where I was living in a scarcity mindset. And that's not like, I'm not saying I've evolved. Just circumstantially, I was had scarce resources there. Sure. So whether it was like an ex, you know, who cheated on me multiple times and broke my heart or people that I went to them with my heart and then they declined it. Um, or it was jobs I thought could change my life that when When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. In a different direction that like deeply hurt me. But yeah, I can't. Those were like, if you asked me this question in 2014, I'd have so many great answers for you. But like today, I don't even, I, there's like, there's like four people whose no's matter to me. I mean, if there's many no's for, again, from my bosses, the media, that would definitely be impactful. Sure. But Really and truly, even then, like I had a really cool thing that happened to me. I like um, 
vision boarded being on the reel for a very long time. And when I first moved to LA, I worked as a photo booth operator, like as my make ends meet job. Cause I tried to get a waitressing job and I had no experience and they were like laughing me out of the place. It's actually very it's hard. It's crazy to get-, to get a waitressing job in LA. And I had very like, competitive. it's not even a joke. I, guys, I was like, wait, <laughs> I, I used to work at Lemonade for a while. Then I worked at the roof on Wilshire. And I was like, I'm uh, really interviewing. Like, you want me to come back again? I thought, you know, the outfit there and the was smile like was going to do it. rounds of interviews. Yeah. Get, honest to God, getting one of those jobs probably harder than any role I've ever gotten before. Dead ass. Paid Dead ass. I was like, hired. oh, they want you to come back. Oh my God, I'm on the bus right now. Right. <laughs> so like, I didn't yeah. get a barista job or like a bartending job in LA because I just couldn't find one. But <laughs> I did get a job operating photo booths. And I uh, was operating a photo booth for Essence and I think they have like their Power 100 lunch. There's something that they do on the Grammys every year where they have an event and they invite mm-hmm. amazing, incredible black women mm-hmm. or um, black adjacent or, or women to this event. And so the entire crew of The Real came and they visited my photo booth and they took their photo and I'm invisible to them, right? So they're having their moment. They're laughing. They're all like doing their photo booth thing and I'm there and I'm still like, my this is my vision board. Like one day I want to be communicating with these women like, I just loved what they represented at the time, but I'm invisible to them. Um, So I was like, wow, you know, one day you're going to see me. It's going to be so powerful. Now, when they actually saw me, it wasn't what I wanted. Mm. Um, The way that it happened is I got a call from a producer or a DM and she was like, I just want to give you a heads up that you were discussed on the reel today. And my heart's pounding. I'm like, oh my God, like this is my dream. And she was like, it comes out on Monday. It just wasn't very flattering. I just wanted to let you know. What? And then I watched it and, you know, not news, but like Lonnie was basically discrediting me. Hmm. Being like, what kind of hack job is this? She called me a white woman. She was like, she's more or less stupid white woman. Um, And it was like so hurtful because I like had amped up what this would be. Like when that moment came when they saw me and I was like, not like this, Hmm. but what was actually really powerful about it was the next day, nothing changed in my life. So I'm like, oh, you can think I'm stupid and irrelevant and tell the world that and tell your community that. And I'm still here. And like, I'm so, still moving. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm st- and I'm still really good at my job. And I'm still not white. So like, <laughs> your no, you know, your rejection of me, even though like I put your acceptance on a pedestal I didn't get it and it didn't matter Hmm. and that was really powerful that's a gem that's a permission slip I'm really hoping we pick that up because I think a lot of times people's rejection like we talked about earlier we care what people think but that's it it stops it after you guys think it's done you don't really do anything with your thoughts you're just thinking them (laughs) like it really is irrelevant so you thought it, you said it out loud and I still got booked. So whatever. Right. <laughs> like, and this is so true. And every, like, I hope everybody feels a little bit of that recon- recognition of nobody's rejection is taken away from anything you're doing. So I love that. Something I always used to battle with when you were, I guess I, this is in my twenties as well, but you were always so excited and open about sharing sexual liberation with women. And I was so under the understanding and still battle this based on just like the transition in my life of the more sexually open I am, the less I'll be attracting the actual man I want. And then for you, it was like, 
you were very free and open with your sexuality and even with your partner of like, hey, let's just start as like friends with benefits and blah, blah, blah. And then you guys ended up being you and Jared. And it's like, you two have such an incredible, at least from the outside looking in. Yes, we do. Incredible dynamic that is is one of those things of like, okay, yeah, there is a person for everyone on this planet. I've always believed that, but you guys are like, okay, yeah, like everybody, (laughs) everybody, like she was in her fullness and this man was like, that's the fullness I'm done. I'm down with. Like, that's so rare. And I think there was a lot of women who are in their manifestation journals and they're in their manifestation prayer and they go to sleep with the love, you know, video every night or whatever it is kind of, I don't know if it's necessary that they're in a box or not, because I wouldn't say they are, but they have their specific criteria of what it takes to get the man that is for them. And I wonder, like, did you intentionally? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm not even sure what the question is. It's more of a, this was something I was so not familiar with in terms of like, just be, because I'm being me, but I also was like, this thing, this sexually open thing, like it won't attract the guy you want. And Shannon went the totally other way. I want to amplify what you're saying because this is the conversation on the internet. Sure. This is the conversation that's happening all the time of like the modern woman versus a traditional woman. And the modern woman is like straying the traditional woman away from like doing what actually is going to get her a husband. And it's mm. all a lie. And I like, I don't know, because the truth of the matter is I am an exception perhaps to the rule. Like, and I, I had a conversation with Kevin Samuels. Um, I watched that. Where it was interesting to me because it was like talking to somebody from Cambodia who lives 30 minutes away from you. Like that, our experiences were so day and night. So it was fascinating because I also acknowledged that my community is very niche. And so there's an echo chamber effect happening mm. where it's all coastal, educated, mostly women of color. And I'm not really hearing the experiences from Iowa um, in, do you I, think that's who he's talking to Maybe, or he yeah. was so talking like, to, excuse me. Yeah. So I think that a lot of, of, you know, who he was reflecting on. And so that sentiment of like sexual liberation is going to lead to less possibilities for long-term partners. Like that's not true for me at all. It's the opposite. You know, it was like a pathway to it. I never thought about those two things conflicting, but Maybe wow. if I lived in Idaho, it'd be different. Or if I was in a Christian community, there's obviously like there's there's nuances to that. In the community that I existed in, um, the way that I was living my life was perfectly in line with being highly attractive to the kinds of people that I thoroughly enjoyed having sex with or being around. So there was never a conflict that was happening. But I want to champion what you're saying because that's awareness, right? Like I am aware that who I would be looking for and where I am currently looking, this kind of behavior would move me further away from my goal. Um, I just never really had to reflect on it in that way because that just, everything was in alignment. That's so interesting because I wasn't getting that reflection from the Christian community actually, because I wasn't, I lived in LA for eight years. So once I was like not at home, like I was, I did most of my formative years are LA. And so I was getting it from all types of people. And at the same time, especially in the past two years where I've been in this space, like I listened to Kevin Samuels, I took in as much, I was in this path of I'm going to take in as much different information. Like I really had no judgment towards things. And that was, that's a beautiful place for me to be. And so I was talking to a lot of men. I was like, Hey guys, like, is this something I'll think about? Is this something you don't think about? And men were saying some, some things to me, especially when you're their friend and they're not, you guys aren't trying to date. They're, they're talking, they're saying stuff. And this is the kind of stuff that would be conflicting with girlfriends. It's not like every guy was like, yeah, 
I will say that a common thread was there is a conversation about body count. There's not a judgment, but we still think about it. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. so this person isn't saying, at least because I was very direct, like, hey, I listened to Kevin Samuels. He was saying this. Is this what you really think? And he was like, yeah, we just really wouldn't say that. If I'm really trying to be with this girl, I'm not. Guys are coached to be more nice. They're not going to say like, there's nice. And then there's like, I'm lying to you. There's two different things. But if it's like, they're not going to say it straight up. And I was hearing some of that. So it was just, I'm still in the pool of like constantly pulling information of this dating pool right now, because as you're saying, you're the echo, I guess to take your words, the echo chamber you're in doesn't really add to, or doesn't really say conflicting things when it comes to, you know, maybe what Kevin was saying or what some of the guys I'm talking about were saying. Yeah, my genuine experience, I mean, like, literally, I don't even think if we brought Jared on right now, he could answer the question of how many partners I've had. I would love to tell him I he does not care. Wow. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe to a fault almost. I'm like, Carol, like, be interested <laughs> a little bit. Like, it is so, it's interesting. Like, he's, it's, he actually had a problem in his past relationships with um, people being like, why are you not jealous? Why are you not coveting? Why are you not checking for other guys at all? Like we've been in situations before where I'm like, oh, that guy over there, like me and him had this like experience before, blah, 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 blah. And then he'd be like, okay, cool. Like thanks, Benedict. Should I get it with him or should I get it with Avocado? And I'm like, can you look a little longer at that dude and compare yourself to him for just a second, please? Like, can you imagine if his penis is bigger than yours? Who needs an alarm in the morning? When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. And a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Please, like, indulge. Um, so oh, my God. I, I love the up, self-awareness of Jared. prior to Jared, I would say that everybody that I was kind of with, I was like soulmate material to every dude that I dated past 30. But I was also really getting good at, I got really intentional about who I wanted to call in and what mm. kind of person they would be. And so I think that that was just like, it wasn't serendipitous. I wasn't just picking any random guy and it was like at odds. Like I was looking for a certain kind of energy in person and it just happened to be that they like accepted all parts of me and like wanted more. So yeah. that was my experience, but it's not, I think about dating a lot like math and numbers, just very simple. Like there are 50 marbles in front of you. The truth of the matter is, is that probably 60 of those marbles are going to care about body count, maybe 70 of those marbles. So now you're only left with 30. Are you comfortable with that? Yeah. Um, Because even then amongst those 30, you still have other things that you have to add into the pot that is going to keep taking those marbles away. And so you have to learn to make compromises with yourself. Like a big change that I made in order to make myself more dateable is I had to really work on my agreeability. Mm. I had to go out of my way to stop being a no but person to being a yes and person. Like that was a huge shift. That was my like battle to really like get the numbers more in my favor. And mm. there was probably other things, but like adjusting my sexuality was like not a part of like the things I had to be like, oh, is yeah. this going to ruin my chances? It just wasn't. Yeah. You, you on a couple episodes, you've um, talked about sexuality and um, excuse me, sexuality and spirituality. And recently you were saying like, okay, I'm not really a woo-woo spirituality sex person, but I'm looking forward to get into it. How has that journey been for you thus far? Have you been getting Great. into it? Yeah. I'm going at my pace. You know, yeah. somebody asked me today about um, affirmations during sex and orgasm, like affirming yourself or manifesting um, during sex and orgasm. Like, how do you do it? Like, I don't know if I'm the person to ask because 
I'm not like trying to do it the right way. I'm just doing it how it's accessible to me. And how it's accessible to me is sometimes when I'm being pleased sexually, I think about a jail scene. Sometimes that like, it's a fantasy. Sometimes I think about my partner. I look at them intentionally and I penis worship or I do something intentional while I'm doing it. And sometimes I envision myself at 80 years old with grandchildren and I like get so turned on by that vision. So like, I just, I do it how it it works for me. And I take the bits and pieces. I'm always listening and absorbing and soaking in. And I think what makes me really great in the bedroom and great at my job is that I'm, I am a learner first. I never feel like I have all the answers and I always want more. Myself and my sister, our mantra this year is Little Mermaid, which is like, it's the year of Little Mermaid, honey. <laughs> Hashtag to Bailey sisters. But um, I want more, right? And like, I want more. <laughs> so I, I like always opening myself up to different ways of being and existing and trying and yeah. pleasuring. So I like it because I'm taking as I go, but I'm also not trying to like do it the right way so that it's becoming something that I feel pressure around. Yes. That's really great because I, I experienced like a quick, a shift of like, I'm leaving Christianity behind. Do I need to pick something up or do I, can I just walk? Like, do I run? Do I, where, where do I go from here? And that was a interesting space to be too. So I love that you are taking it slow and walking at your own pace and honoring your pace. I think that's something that is probably a part of that four card game too, that we never do. So, um, Ooh, I love that <laughs> twist. We have a segment on the show called Honest Gems, and I want to do that with you quickly before we wrap. One of the first questions is, what don't they tell us about having a career in media? Mm. You answer first. You probably already answered this, but I don't have an answer for that because I feel like the story I had, again, as I mentioned, I had Becky G on today and she was like alluding to the record industry not being positive, not being positive for her. Mm. But then she afterwards like, you know, I really want to go into it, but I, I can't really say much. I'm like, girl, you don't have to say anything. Mm. This story has been told so many times already. We already get what's happening. It's the TLC thing. Literally. And she literally. was like, yeah, but I couldn't say it. I'm like, you didn't have to say it. So mm. I feel like everything you kind of hear about media is the truth. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing that they, I guess is just it gets better. There's a lot of compromises in the beginning, compromises on how you even want to sound, you know, how you want to look. Like yes. there's so yes. many compromises in the beginning. And I now I've made very few compromises. Yeah. And I think of that as a place of privilege. I don't know if I can go back in time and be like, you could have advocated for yourself. Maybe I could have been more vocal about like, I don't want to do it that way because I'm still having to show up as me. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. But I'm me on someone else's dime. So they're like, yeah, but like you're the version of you that I'm paying for. So do that. Yes. And I did that for a while. But it, it got me to a place where I could acquire enough stability and resources where I could start saying no. And that felt really good. Yeah. So I, I want to say it gets better. And if you're grateful enough or great, you're great enough to not have to go through that compromise period and know that you can say no. I think we're at a time now where like no is a lot more acceptable. Yeah. Like, boundaries are like it's acceptable now to do that it's yeah. not like how dare you so if you can lean into that and not make those things great if you have to make them right now i totally get it we've been there yes. trust me it gets better it does and if wherever you are on that space like don't be afraid to lean into your nose earlier just i know it's really scary and it's so much easier said than done and it sounds like we're coming like i all of that is true so to shannon's beautiful point like we get it but something i'm recognizing in media is is how many times I've said no recently that have been way scarier than I wanted them to be, but I'm just really trying to do this shit my way. And that is like, 
just, I just really, I just have, I got to die knowing that that's what happened. And it's like, that's, since that's the highest goal for me, we just got to rock that way. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Somebody gave me this gem. They said that I live and die by my taste. Ooh. And that's something. I know. I really like that. That is so good. See, that's some self-trust on it. Anyway, moving. Yeah. Taking that. I was going to ask this and I kind of already asked you earlier, but maybe it'll help somebody else. Why don't, what don't they tell us about trying to move to another country? It's a lot. It's, it's everything. Like you're like, oh, I have to physically go to the gas company. Like you don't have any trust at all here. So just kind of put that in mind. Like a lot of things that when you live in a country, you take for granted because you have trust, you have family members, you have a network of support, you have a social security number, you have a bank account you've had for a number of years. A lot of these things, like you're building up trust. And when you go somewhere, it's like starting a brand new relationship from the bottom. This person doesn't know you. They don't want you there. You're the one who wants to be there. Like they're mis like it's a, it's like a mistrustful relationship. That's mm. what it is. It's like entering into like a toxic, mistrustful relationship. But like you really want to be there and they don't want you there and they make it very clear, but you still got to do the work anyways. Yes. So I didn't like prepare for like, I have to redo my driver's license. Like I have to physically drive to every building and make a plea for every single yes here because everyone's like, why would I give this to you? Like electricity? Because I'm a human. They're like, yeah, but you're a human with no credit. So uh, yeah. So I think that that's what I would tell myself. Everything is just so much more harder and you're going to spend a year just doing the things that would take somebody else a minute to do. Um, but it's worth it in the end. Yeah. And I just, I, I asked that particularly because I wanted to highlight that that was a part of your journey. And I really, I don't think, you, I just never want you to take that lightly. Like what a commitment you made. Cause it's just not easy. Any type of transition, any type of move, any type of change, like it's, it's just not easy. And I know that that's a really big one. So I just want to say I'm proud of you. Yeah. It's huge. My, um, my dad is like allergic to pity or feeling <laughs> bad or empathy, which is like a gift sometimes. Right. So my dad's never going to give you the like, wow, that sucks. And so I remember I called him one time and I'm alone in this car. I'm here by myself, you know, and I was just like bawling. And I'm like, I'm so tired, dad. I'm so confused. Like, I think I was like, you know, went to a building that wasn't the right building. And it was like, I didn't have enough gas, like a bunch of things. I'm like, it's so hard. My dad was like, your grandmother moved from Guyana to England, didn't barely even kind of spoke the same English as them. There was no internet back then. She didn't have no car back then. And she figured it out. Like, you are in a privileged position. You're going to be fine. And that was like, man, I kind of just wanted a shoulder to cry on, but also like that was a kick in the ass I needed. <laughs> Shout out to dad. And also like, you know, wow. <laughs> um, what don't they tell us about how to deal with insecurities while in a partnership? Hmm. They don't go away. I think mm. that, I think that we're, thinking of safe as a place where we no longer feel the bad things. Like, oh, it's safe here. I don't have insecurities. I don't have fears. I don't have uncertainty. Like that never goes away. So just, it's a part of being and existing. Yeah. Like pain is just a part of life. Yeah. If I asked you right now, like what hurts on you, you could probably answer that. And so it's the same way with relationships. Like insecurity just becomes a, a part of it and you learn to manage it and hopefully have a partner who you can safely talk about these things with, but yeah, they don't ever go away. That's not a bad thing either. I think insecurities inspire you to push further and try harder. Yeah, I love it. Okay, before we wrap, I just wanted to ask, what's one of the places that you've seen sexuality make an impact in your life or other people's lives and not in an obvious way? Every way possible. <laughs> like, I don't know, good sex makes everything. It's just- it Hey there. 
Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. It's the reason why I got into this field because I was like, nobody told me that figuring this part of my life out would make everything else simpler and clearer and a little cooler. Like getting good here. I think we often think about sex like a, like, it depends on what's important to you, but I think we're conditioned to believe that everything else matters and then worry about the sexuality part. But it's a connection to your creativity. It's a connection to your pleasure, to yourself, to the permission to be good to yourself if you're in a good sexual relationship. So it's like, what about outside of better. sex? Like if sexuality as a whole, sexuality through your clothes or through your flirting or through whatever the other things that you maybe you've experienced through some of the women you've interviewed, the men you've interviewed, what's what about outside of sex? Explain that to me a bit more. Like we're still, I believe we're all sexual beings, whether we're having sex or not. Right. And so have you kind of talked, I don't know, you've interviewed so many different people and I've seen so many of their stories that are different, right. That are not just, um, I'm currently in a sexual experience. Some of it's like, okay, I'm not dating right now. Maybe I'm going through my version of trying to masturbate and figure out what that's like, or I'm trying to like, okay, I'm a virgin and I haven't experienced sex at all, but I still want to be seen and confident as a sexual being. So just seeing how like sexuality affects us all outside of just the act of sex. Yeah. And I think that's exact. I think you answered and asked the question. That's what I, that's what I, <laughs> something I can say more than what you just exactly said. It really truly is different for each person. I have sure, to sure. always lean into that, that sexual liberation for some people is abstinence mm-hmm. like that. And I think that that's something that I even kind of got gifted through this sort of red pill community thing of like, Oh, I mean, I really hate people who have all or nothing thinking. I appreciate it for an extent because that's what content is about. You got to have a hot take and opinion. You got to lean into it. But like, can we be real? Like, it's not, it's everything everywhere all at once, right? It's not this or that. Like, this is good and that is bad. If you're doing this, you'll fail. If you're doing that, you'll succeed. It's like, no, and maybe, like, possibly. (laughs) It's just like... The, the absolutism is just not there. And so it has to be curiosity, which is annoying because that means that curiosity never ends. You have to always ask yeah. the question and we want there to be finality and final answers. And just like, this is this, that is that case closed, moved on. But yeah, good sex is definitely like different for every person. So you have to lean in and it's different every day. Yeah. So yeah. I could ask you this question now and you're like, great sexuality is not having sex. It is abstaining and it's knowing my why for it and being um, curious about the day that my why changes and I can open myself up, yeah. but also being excited about today where I'm at. Yeah. And I could ask you tomorrow and you'd be like, listen, girl, I'm over it. <laughs> after our, our Skype call, like that shit was amazing. So yeah, there's um, it's like the never endingness of it makes it both exciting and terrifying at the same time. It does. Dang, Shannon, it's so easy to just keep talking to you and I, I'm, I'm gotta let you go, but I have one more question as we're always growing, as we're growing up, 
we often abandon parts of ourselves to either be accepted, to be loved, to be seen. Have there been parts of yourself that you abandoned coming up and have you been able to pick them back up or have you let them go? Yeah, I think definitely through having kids, you like do both. You pick up the good and the bad. Like, oh, I thought I got over this anger problem. Like I've now realized I haven't really been that frustrated in a long time. And then the good, like, oh, I forgot how playful I could be. Or like, remember this game I used to play when I was a kid. So yeah, I think the extreme extremes of having a kid, what that pulls out of you, you see all parts of yourself kind of jumbled up in there. And then you have to be like, you know, let's, let's get that back into the closet and uh, let's like work on that. So yeah, yeah like I'm, I would tell you, like traditionally, I'm really not a person who gets mad. Like I really rarely lose my temper. But yesterday I was like screaming, like, fuck, like just like, raging like breaking shit over something really simple like i recorded something and i felt really good about it but then it was out of focus and just because my time is so scarce and i was like yes i'm finally getting ahead i did this thing i did it fast i can move on and it was the fact that i felt that win and then it was taken away from me like in the next breath that i was just so mad and i'm like oh i haven't seen you tantrum like that i tantrum like a two-year-old yesterday <laughs> um but yeah. So I think that there's like kind of, of, of that of like, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad. But yeah, I think life is just definitely calling. I hate to keep repeating this because it's getting very corny, but because everything is always happening at the same time, I'm mm. just, there's so many versions of myself coming up in each moment to moment. And it's, that's the greatest surprise of my existence, I guess. Yeah. What's next? What is next? Don't know. Oh, that's good. I know what's literally next. I have a four thirty thing, and like yes. that's annoying too. Yes, that <laughs> I know the answer. <laughs> I know the answer. To, actually, if I was to tell you, like, I have a four thirty to five o'clock, and my kids come home at five o'clock, and then from five o'clock to eight o'clock, I hang out with them and I chill. We do dinner, and then at eight o'clock we have bath time, and then after that I read a story, and then I put them to bed. If I don't fall asleep while putting them to bed, I go upstairs, I hang out with Jared. Hopefully we have sex today, but I'm kind of sick, so I probably will go to sleep. And then I got to watch these two episodes of Harlem coming up because I have an after show for them that I have is due, and then I have to promote this incredible episode I just made today, so I want to make time for that. So maybe when they go to bed, I might actually go and do a little bit of work afterwards, or I might just pass out, and I definitely should shower somewhere in between. <laughs> Shannon Boudram, everybody. <laughs> I just love it. It's the it's the everything all at once for me. It's so it's the human existence. I love it. I'm so happy you were able to be on the show. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. Let's see each other in person. And like, yeah, let's set up a time. I'm gonna email your people yes. um, to try to get you on my podcast. And if you're in LA, let's do it in person. I would love that. Thanks for listening to the Human to Human podcast and this episode with Shannon Boudram. And thanks for being a safe home for me to share my story as well. More to come. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, leave a review. And while you're at it, share this with someone you love or just someone you like as long as you share it. Stay connected between episodes and follow us on Instagram at Human to Human with Stacey Ike. You can also check me out at One Take Space. I'm your host, Stacey Ike. And remember, curiosity is the pathway to consciousness. So let's take the next step together. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. -ba -ba.